0: What, what, the, what the psalmists will do, and there, there are many psalmists, and they're not all David, many of them are, but the psalmists will do is actually share, especially in these psalms of lament, share that feeling in the heart, that heart feeling of, here's what it is, I like the way it's, David puts it out in Psalm 142, he poured out his complaint before the Lord. And that's what these psalms are doing. We're going to lay out our complaints to the Lord. And we're also, because these are psalms, and I think the best way to react to a psalm, if you can sing it, you should sing it. In fact, one of the songs we're going to have here at the end, after I preach, we're going actually going to have, my daughter is going to sing this psalm, Psalm 13. We're going to sing about it. It's not the word for word, but it's, a, it's based on this psalm, Psalm 13. So you'll hear that. So if you can sing them, that's great. But another response that we're going to have is, they really are prayers. So we're going to call out to God. We're going to pray to God. one of the things that we're going to do and just preparing you mainly i'm saying it for myself as well as y'all's but i'm going to stop in the middle of these sermons and we're going to pray about different topics i'm not just going to be praying as a performance i need us as a church to gather together in prayer on these topics so listen to what's being said hear what's being said internalize it again maybe maybe you don't have exactly the feeling that i'm expressing but if if these these are human emotions so these are things that we all feel on some level so understand how you're feeling this and processing this and then respond in prayer especially at those those prescribed breaks where i'm going to stop and i'm going to pray join me in that prayer and i'll try to give you some some uh some headings a head up heads up on that head up that we're going to be doing that so i want to encourage you to do that So let's begin, I think, by by reading it. It's a short psalm, only six verses, Psalm 13. So we'll begin by reading it, and then we'll take a moment to pray and ask our Lord to give us some real communion with him, to hear from him as we read this. Let's read it together. Psalm 13. Here's what the scripture says. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O, my, o Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray together. Lord, we're going to hear from you this morning through your word. You're going to speak through me, your servant. Your Holy Spirit, I'm praying, will anoint me, will cover me over, give me that unction to be able to communicate, articulate your word to your people. But Lord, your people are also going to respond with the the heart feelings that they have and pour those complaints out to you. I pray that you'll hear them. I pray that this morning in this unusual setting that we have, in this virtual interface that you've blessed us with, but unfortunately we are having to use because of this circumstance, Lord, I pray that you will allow us through this to have true communion with you, God, and in some small sense, some communion with one another. We need that lord i pray that you'll provide that in jesus name amen the psalmist says four times in the first really couple verses but throughout this this psalm he says four times how long oh lord how long how long is all this going to go on i ask the same question i'm standing here talking to and as much as it's a a Nice sentiment a moving thought. I appreciate those that have done this work to put these pictures here I'm, sorry. I don't want to see pictures. I want to see people in these pews I know that many of you are at home and I think you're trying to be faithful in your service and honor to the Lord by Watching this or maybe picking up a phone and calling in so you can hear this and and I I'm grateful that you're able to do that I'm, I'm sure many of you are grateful that you have this available to you, but you don't want to call in or watch this on the video. You'd want to come in and be with God's people. This is what we want to do. So, we, so I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'll tell you, as, as I mentioned on Wednesday night, I'm so conflicted on all of this stuff about do we meet, do we not meet. I know there's a, there's a group of pastors that is putting together a petition to our governor to essentially say open up our churches and open up the state and all these things. And it was frustrating to me. Can I, can I just invent a frustration, which I think is the sense that, that the psalmist has here. It's frustrating to me, me and Vanessa. Vanessa just got kind of ready to get out of the house, and we just got in the car. We are just going to go for a ride. That's what we did. We got in the car and go riding. And uh, we went riding, and she just wanted to see the stuff where people are. It's what she wanted to see, you know, like restaurants and uh, businesses and stuff like that. As we rode by, and most of them, I mean, it looked like a ghost town, most anywhere you go. And you all know this, if you go anywhere. It's a ghost town. It's kind of eerie feeling, unusual. But let me tell you, you pull, we, was on, we were on Wendover, down there on the, uh, what is that? I guess that's West Wendover. We are down there, pulled into the Walmart, and you would have thought that it was just a regular old Saturday. Thing was packed out to the gills. And I thought, social distancing, this is where COVID-19 is getting spread everywhere. And I'm saying that is almost indignant because it was just, it was, it was anger-inducing to me. Because I'm sitting there saying, we can't meet for church, but that place is packed to the gills over there. This is what this, these pastors are, are petitioning our governor, saying essentially, I think the church is essential. And I agree with them to some extent, but I'm saying, man... Why in the world are we even have to have this conversation? How long is this going to go on? How long is this going to go on? Uh, the psalmist says in verse 1, How long wilt thou forget me? God, where are you in all of this? Have you forgotten us? And this, this sense in which he forgot, it's not sort of a slip of your mind. That's not the way the psalmist means it. He literally means not just, you, oops, forgot us, but... Are you purposely leaving us alone? Are you leaving us in the dark? What are you doing? And, and I ask my, myself, will ask this question. God, what are you doing? I, I recognize and I do hope and I do have faith that he will do an amazing work among his people as a result of this. But, but right now it just feels like we're abandoned. Where is he? Where are, have you forgotten us? He goes on to say, how, how long are you going to forget us forever? How long are you going to hide thy face from us? making yourself hard to see, making it so that not only that we can't see him, but literally hiding his face so he can't see us. Is that what God is doing right now? That's the way it feels. Again, I can only express my emotions. I can't express yours, but I can tell you that sometimes I'm sitting here thinking, why in the world are we having to deal with this? As I mentioned about the church i'm not not meeting because the government told us not to meet i just want y'all to be clear about that that's not why i'm not meeting if that was if that was the only thing the government said you can't meet we're going to meet i will tell you that right now now we'll try to do that in a way that doesn't get anybody in trouble but we're going to do it if that's what it's about this is about trying to keep people safe yet the information that i'm learning from our media sources and even our government seems to be conflicting with one another and so i'm sitting here saying lord i don't see what you're doing in all of this are you trying to teach us a lesson what are you trying to accomplish this in this and i believe that's the sentiment that the psalmist has in verse one he says in verse two how long shall i take counsel in my soul having sorrow in my heart daily Lord, are you going to let us be overcome with our sorrow and our doubts and our confusion? Our soul is filled with sorrow. That's what he's saying there, this idea of taking counsel in your soul. It just keeps on. You just keep bringing it into your soul, bringing in this sorrow. You you have no one to console you except you. Sometimes I, I even feel in my own home, I'm trying to help my family to the point where I don't know how to get the help I need emotionally and spiritually and mentally. I know that this conversation I've had with our deacons here is, you know, we we need to get stuff ourselves. We can't help anybody with something we don't have ourselves. We need to get our own help. I understand that. But sometimes you get to that point where you're trying to help everybody and you feel like you're just sapped out. You have nothing else to give. Lord, are you going to let me be overcome with all of that? Let me be have no outlet for my frustration. And just daily new information bombarding my mind, bombarding my heart, bombarding my soul. He goes on and says in verse 2 How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Now, of course, he has a, an enemy in mind. I, it could have been a, a, an enemy who was coming to, to fight him, an army of an enemy. It could have been an enemy who was just against him personally. I believe in this moment in time, we have an enemy. This enemy is named COVID-19, coronavirus. Novel coronavirus, COVID-19. Is it going to overtake us? Is it going to overtake us medically? The the good news is it doesn't appear to be. I think we have in this country. It's not wonderful, but it is much better than the projections were. We have something on the order of about 30,000 that have died. It's a terrible number, but it is... A fraction of what it was intended to be. They expected it to be something more like three times, four times that. So it may not make take us over, overtake us medically, but it seems like this thing is going to take us over economically. It's going to take us over economically. I'm telling you, what is the, what is the, the numbers of people who are unemployed now as of the last three or four weeks? I mean, it is astronomical numbers, numbers we've never even seen before. It's, well before the Great Depression, I mean, these are huge out-of-work numbers, huge numbers. How is that going to impact? It? I mean, you and we can't recover from it if they don't. The government doesn't allow these businesses to open back up. How is that going to happen? Is that going to destroy us economically? I worry about what it's going to do to us culturally. Well, I don't know where y'all are that are listening to me, but there's got to be a mindset of people who. Now it is no longer it was already degrading in our culture to go to church on Sunday Now what is it going to be like when you're used to sitting at home and being at home? What is it going to be like whenever we've got the, What is the What is the the environment of our country going to be like when we're all used to getting checks from the government and tell The government telling us whether we can go to church or not go to church and, and and i'm only expressing the things that are worries in my mind These may or may not be worries for you But i'm just telling you we have a, a problem in this country that is going to challenge and and change, and morph us, and I'm telling you that I am concerned, as the psalmist is concerned, is my enemy going to be exalted above me? Is that thing going to beat me? Is that thing going to beat our country? Is this thing going to win over us spiritually, culturally, economically, and medically? Now, the reason I can call out like this, the reason the psalmist calls out like this in verses 1 and 2, is because we believe, he believed, I believe that our God is the one that we must turn to. He is the only one worthy of my faith and trust. I'm not calling Governor Cooper. I'm not calling President Trump. I believe these men are doing the best they can with the information they can. Political motives aside, they're doing the best they can with the information they can, but they are not the ones that I'm calling out to. The only one who can actually solve this problem is the God of the universe. So I'm calling out, I'm actually saying to the God of the universe, where are you in this? I don't want to be overcome by this. Where are you, God, to overcome this for me? Because no one else can. I'm not capable for sure. And the government officials, I don't trust them. Can I just put it to you plainly? I do not trust them, but I trust my God. So I'm calling out to the one who is worthy of my faith and my trust, the only one who can solve this. So I'm going to take a moment now, and I don't know what the worry on your mind is. Maybe it has nothing to do with this virus. Maybe it has something to do with family problems or spiritual problems or other issues that you're, con- that you're confronted with, but whatever that thing is that you're concerned about, that you feel like you just can't see God in it, and you don't know how long it's going to go on, would you raise your voice and pray to, with me? Let's pray together. Lord, we don't know exactly where you are in this, and I don't pretend to know. I just know that you are i do have that confidence in that faith but lord i need to know that you're there i need to feel your presence in this i need to see that right now it feels like you have turned away you have put yourself behind a cloud that we can't see you i don't believe you're going to let us be overcome by this but lord it feels like it right now please do not let us be overcome by this virus Please do not let us be overcome spiritually in this country by, by, by all these worries and distractions and those people that are stuck at home right now not able to go to work and, and all the things that, they, that, they're, that they're dealing with that they're going to be so distracted by the enemy by so many things that the things that matter the spiritual eternal things that won't matter to them anymore. Lord, please don't allow this virus to win in that way. Lord, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about that. How long is this going to have to go on? We're crying out to you, God, because you're the only one that is worthy of our trust. Please, God, hear our cries. Hear our prayers. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. He goes on in verse 3 to say, essentially, God, please help me. God, please help me. Look at what he says. Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Consider me, this idea of consider me is, pay attention. Would you pay attention to me? Look at me. If you think about it, I've had little kids do this to me before. They'll, they'll kind of, if you're, they're talking to you and then you're not looking in their direction, they may actually get there and kind of turn, take your face and turn it into their their direction. You ever had a little kid do that to you? Little kids don't have any problem with those sort of things. They just do what they have on their mind, and that's kind of what we want God to do. Just want to get a hold of his face and just say, look at me, look at where I am. Do you see me here? That's what he's saying with consider me. Actually, turn your face in my direction and see me, God, see me. He goes on and says, not only do I need you to consider me, but I need you to hear me, God. That idea of hear me (laughs) reminds me of my mama whenever she would say, Matthew, go do this or that, and I said, I hear you. no, I don't want you just to hear me. I want you to do it. I want you to listen to me. I want you to know what I said and go do something about it. So it wasn't just go hear me. You're going in one ear and out the other. He's saying here, I want you not just to hear the sounds that I make, but actually respond to my cries. Hear me, God, hear me. Why does he want him to be heard? Why does he want God to turn his face? Because he says he wants him to lighten his eyes. I need divine help. I need that sparkle back in my eyes. I need, I need something to help me see the light. Have you ever seen somebody that looks like they're tired? You ever seen anybody? Maybe you looked in the mirror lately. (laughs) And what is, what's going on in their eyes? It's just kind of dull. There's no light in the eyes. And he says, listen, God, I need you to enlighten my eyes. Because either you're going to turn your face to me, you're going to respond to my cry, you're going to put light back in my eyes. You're either going to do that or, he says, lest I sleep the sleep of death. If you don't help us, God, it will be over. We will literally die. This virus, if it does nothing else, should help us come to grips with our own mortality. I I, I don't think many people really appreciate on a day-to-day basis that you are but one or two breaths away from the end of your life. You may say, well, I'm a perfectly healthy 30-something, 40-something, 50-something. Well, say that to some of those who have died because of this coronavirus. They've gotten this. Everything was fine with them up to this point. Actually, one of the things that pops in my mind just now as I talk about that is uh, uh, Coach Skip Prosser of uh, Wake Forest University. He was a wonderful basketball coach, pretty healthy fellow in his prime of his life for all intents and purposes. Goes out for a run one morning, falls over dead, essentially, or actually gets a heart attack and comes back and falls over dead after he gets back from the run. I mean, the point is that at any moment and everything could be looking just fine and we could die. And what he's trying to say here is, Lord, if I don't have your intervention, my life is over. It's going to be over we have to have god keeping us alive he goes on to say in verse four lest not only lest i sleep the sleep of death lest i die god lest my enemies say i have prevailed against him if god doesn't intervene we could die we literally can die if god doesn't intervene we are going to have enemies that win these things that we fear will come to pass if god doesn't intervene There are going to be people that get sick We're going to have economic ruin. Our freedoms are going to be eroded in this country. The wicked politicians are going to get their way in this country. If God doesn't intervene, our enemies will win. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. The bad guys win. I don't know if y'all saw, I'm sure y'all did, many of you did. The governor of New York. Claiming that the reason that they have turned things back in that state He said it wasn't god that did that The man literally said it wasn't god that did that Now i'm not trying to discount the hard work of those that are in the medical field and on the front lines and the planning and organization I understand that we know how that stuff works But the blasphemy that comes out of a man's mouth to say that god did not turn this back You are wrong sir You are wrong. And I want you to know that people like that do not win if our God gets involved. But if he doesn't, that's who we'll be serving under. If we don't have divine help, we will die. If we don't have divine help, our enemies will win and our enemies will rejoice. We have to have divine help. So I want to take a moment now and I'm going to ask God to look at us and help us. Would you do that with me? Let's pray together, Lord. You see what we're in the middle of. I I know this has not escaped your awareness. I know you're aware of this. I know you know what's happening. You're not surprised by this. But I'm begging you to look at the needs of McConnell Road Baptist Church. I'm just going to be selfish for a moment. There are men and women in our congregation that are part of our church family who are hurting right now. There are some who are afraid to go out. There are some who have lost their, their livelihoods because of their, their businesses having to close down or the, the businesses they work for closed down. There are others that are not sure about what tomorrow is going to hold because they're, they're getting calls about, oh, your hours are going to be cut or you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have to do things differently. And Lord, it's, it's affecting us all, Lord. And if you don't intervene, if you don't respond to the needs of our heart, this is over, Lord. You're going to have to give us joy. You're going to have to give us energy. You're going to have to give us vibrancy. You're going to have to give us confidence. You're going to have to give us everything that we need. You're going to have to intervene here and either find a cure for this, a vaccine, a solution for it medically, or else convince us and show us that you're in charge enough that we can go on back and do the work and the things that we need to do. You've put us here on this planet to do some things, God. And I can guarantee you staying at home and doing what we're doing is not it. Lord, we're begging you to intervene in our circumstances. If you don't, we're going to die. The enemy is going to win. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, at this point in the psalm, if you're kind of like me, (laughs) you want some good news. He's got it here. We're about to go see it. I want you to see in verse 5, these are a few things, two things that we're going to affirm. I'm going to agree with the psalmist on this one. I hope you do too. Look at what he says in verse 5. But I have trusted in thy mercy. I will trust in God. He is alone, by himself, unique and holy in this respect. He alone is worthy of absolute, unfailing, unwavering Unquestioning trust and support. We need to know that He will provide for our best. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purposes. Now, I want to be clear we may go by the way of the grave. And I don't want to do that anytime soon, so I'm not stepping on the bus line. I'm just telling you it may happen that way. But if it does, if we are called according to his purposes, I will open my eyes in the glories of heaven. It will come to pass that I will have it all worked out for good. So I will trust my God no matter what he does in this circumstance. I will trust him. He goes on to say in that verse, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I'm going to get happy. I'm going to rejoice because my God is going to rescue me. He is going to save us from this circumstance. I am confident in his rescue. I am anticipating that one way or the other, It might be in a week, it might be in a month, it might be in a year, it might be on the other side of eternity, but my God will eventually, He will eventually rescue me. And when He does, I can give Him full credit I will not give credit to Governor Cooper. I will not give credit to President Trump. I will not give credit to even the person who invents a vaccine. I will give credit to where credit is due. It is to the one who will save me, who will rescue me, and he is my God. That is who I will give credit to. I will affirm that I will trust my God. I will rejoice in his rescue of me. But I want you to look at why I can affirm that. Look at verse 6. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. My God is gracious. He has given me salvation through Jesus Christ. You know, I didn't deserve that. You know what I deserve right now? I'm sitting here worried about you know, financial futures and people dying and things like that. You know, I'm worried about those things, as, as we all probably are. Or many of us at least but do you know that right now if i got what i deserve those things would be the farthest thing from my mind because i would be screaming in agony in the pits of hell being tortured and burned and absolutely harmed and hurt for eternity, for the sins that I have done against an almighty righteous God. But God is so gracious and so loving and so kind that He actually, by the way, even as bad as the circumstance is, don't get me wrong, some of these things that y'all are dealing with are her- horrible and terrible. But as bad as those circumstances are, your God was gracious enough to you to allow you to breathe another day, to hear of the gospel, to hear of Jesus Christ, to be able to accept Him and to be able to walk with Him and to be able to know him and even at this moment to have a sermon where i can literally cry out to him i have a god who's gracious enough to hear me in all of those things he saved me through jesus christ i have eternal life did you know that they could chop my head off right now and as much as i'd hate that <laughs> and they'd upset me my wife would be real mad and whoever cleans this podium would be upset about the mess it would make but i have something to look forward to on the other side because of my gracious God. A gracious God. I have comfort, love, joy, and hope. He answers prayer. And because he is a gracious God, because he hath dealt bountifully with me, it should inspire that trust and that faith. I can sing. Some of us can't sing. (laughs) We just can't carry a tune. In fact, if you probably heard me singing It Is Well With My Soul, I like that song, but man, I'm sorry for y'all that had to hear it. I know that we can't sing, but we can sing. And that idea of sing is not just carrying a tune, but it's that idea of praying and crying out, lifting our voices. We can sing, we can pray, we can cry. We can do all the different ways of calling out to God, knowing he will hear us, he will respond to us, he will rescue us. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to wait. How long? I don't know. But we're going to wait. Lord, I want to thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness to save us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy on oh, my soul that deserves so much of your wrath and your judgment that it was meted out against your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that I have that graciousness to rely on and that graciousness, Lord, I thank you for inspiring in me faith and trust and hope for the future. And I pray that you give McConnell Road Baptist Church, every member of this church, that same hope and faith and trust. We pray in Jesus' name. Now, what are you going to do with all this? And I'm closing. I'm going to give you three things that I want you to do with this information that I've just shared with you out of the Bible. The first thing I want to do is I want to go against conventional wisdom and tell you, do not be afraid to question God I want you to be respectful I want you to be reverent but I also want you to be human and honest and open to God reflect what the psalmist has done here I don't think he did anything disrespectful here but he did he threw out some questions to God God I don't know what you're doing what are you going what's going on here I don't think we need to be afraid of that do you know that God can handle it <laughs> I think somehow we're a little worried that God can't handle our, our what's in our mind God can handle it. You're the one that has the problem with it. I'm the one that has the problem with it. God hasn't got a problem with it. I want to encourage you not to be afraid to openly question God. God, what are you doing? Please help me. Again, make sure you're doing that with a heart of reverence and respect and honor. Do do not misunderstand me. But nonetheless, go ahead and do as the psalmist says and pour out your complaint before the Lord. But when you do that, now make sure you do this in the right way, because some people like to question, but they don't really want to know the answers to the question. So the second thing is you better seek some answers, but you're not going to seek them in your friends and definitely don't turn on the TV to look for the answers or the newspaper or the Internet. That's not going to have the answers for you. You need to ask God the question and let God speak back to you in his word. Make it a conversation. Again, if you go into the kitchen, if you're married, go into the kitchen and your spouse is there, and you start questioning them, just grilling them, and then you shut up and walk out the door and don't let them answer, how good is that going to be for your relationship? That's just, that says a lot about you, and it definitely says a lot about the future you're going to enjoy together. Let's, let's do, don't, let's, let's give God the same respect. If we're going to ask the questions as well we should, let's let him answer. Let's go into the Word. Let's don't, don't rely on, this is what too many of us do, we rely on trite sayings, we wait on the next news briefing, we wait on some fake bravado, we look at folk wisdom, but instead what we need to be doing is basing our answers to our questions on biblical truth. That is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us through His Word that is God answering your question. So yeah, go ahead and ask God the question. Don't be afraid of that, but let God answer himself through his word. And the third thing I want to encourage you to do out of this is don't stop crying out to God. Don't stop. As as if you need some some tangible, what do I need to do next? I hear you, I felt what you were preaching, but I don't know what to do next. Let me give you this, try this. Take this psalm we just read, Psalm 13. Reread it, reread it again. Reread it again. Just keep reading. It's only six verses. It won't take you long. You'll probably memorize it before you too long. Just keep reading it and reading it and reading it and make it personal. The enemy that he's talking about, what is the enemy that you're dealing with? Put that enemy in that book or in, the, in that verse. Those things that you're worried about, put those things in this, these verses and look for songs based on it. In fact, we're going to hear one as I, as I'm, after I'm finished talking here. We're going to hear one based on this psalm, Psalm 13. My daughter's going to sing that. But I want to encourage you that hope is available. Help is available. He has given us salvation and he will rescue us. How long is it going to be? I don't know. Only he does. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ and the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilley, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.